0: Everyone, welcome to the earn your life podcast with david fernandez jr i'm excited about this episode we have a very special guest he is a powerful young brother i love this guy i've been following this guy on instagram um he shares a lot of, he just provides a lot of value um his focus is real estate uh his name is richard garcia uh he is a best-selling finance author uh overall just uh a powerful being, man, that uh, just shares information and shares his journey and uh, inspires and educates people all over the world. Rich Garcia, welcome to the Earn Your Life podcast, my brother.
1: Thanks, David. Thanks, everybody.
0: Um, man, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah, my brother. So if anything, we, we kind of, you know, we dive in deep. Um, we we get to the to the uppercut right away. I want to kind of talk about a little bit about your upbringing Um, how, you know, how you grew up and how it, it kind of ended you, you know, ended up taking you to, uh, you know, the route that it did when it comes to real estate and what you're doing now, as far as abundance. Yeah. Let's roll it. Mm -hmm. So talk to me, um, you know, growing up, you know, what was your life like, my brother?
1: You know, um, I didn't have the easiest life, but I also didn't have the hardest either. I think that growing up in like a lower middle class is um how can i say this you know growing up in the middle class in general you tend to see that you have a power but you also have a weakness mm-hmm. and the power that i had was you know that i i wasn't rich enough mm-hmm. uh in my mind or even in you know in in the reality of what i lived in on a daily basis with my parents and Um, I wasn't rich enough to have everything, but I also wasn't poor enough, which was kind of my weakness, um, to, uh, to strive for greatness, you know? And so that was, that was probably one of my biggest challenges growing up was that growing up in like a lower middle-class household. Uh, my mom was a daycare worker. My dad was a contractor. Uh, I kind of had things, but I didn't have. Everything. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, especially for a lot of folks, you know, newbies, um, you know, people that are struggling, uh, people that are even in this like stronger upper middle class, don't put yourself in a position mindset wise that you are complacent, Mm -hmm. especially early on, because I did that at the very beginning of my life. And I thought, oh, you know, I have everything that I that I need. And (laughs) Eventually, I kind of realized that it's not really about the things you need. It's actually more about the things that you want mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's where things started to really shift for me when I got to the point where I had children. And, you know, I had children at a very early age. We got, okay. I got married and had my first kid at 22. Okay. And when I had my first child, that's when I realized... It wasn't really about the things I needed. It's the things that I wanted. I wanted to buy my child so many things, give him a better life than me. I wanted to do more than what I had done for me. And that's where, you know, I think my life really started to, to take off um, was when they, you know, my children started to come into the picture. I love that, brother. That's beautiful. You know, it's, it's interesting how children will do that
0: to you. You know what I'm saying? They will wake you up. And I love that you were asking the right questions as well. You know what I'm saying? As far as what you wanted. Now, where did that lead you after that? Like, uh, I know that you worked for some major companies. Is that kind of where it started for you?
1: Yeah, so I actually did when I was kind of younger in my journey at 18, I did. This was the popular thing. You know, I put my hands up in quotations, but it's like the popular thing. It was the popular thing to do at the time was to go the route of, working in finance. And that was really, really popular. You wanted to be a financial analyst or you wanted to work in some type of banking sector or the stock market and something like that. And so I took that path at 18 and I started working at Bank of America, mm-hmm. but it was also 2000 and end of 2007 going into 2008. So it was a really difficult time to kind of graduate from high school and then work as like a, anything in banking. Yeah. And and so I worked in the the retail sector of banking where I was a teller and I did that for about a year. I was very fortunate because I was very low cost to the bank. And at that time, 2008, 2009, 2010, they were laying off everybody that was really expensive that had been with the bank for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And they were bringing in newbies like me that they could train up, you know, give a really, really low, you know, hourly rate. And um, I got the benefit of being sent everywhere. I got a bunch of trainings and Um, and because of that, I got promoted a few times and I started working by the time I hit like 21 years old, I was already working at Merrill Lynch. So I was working at private wealth management and I had, um, kind of a profession of dealing with clients that we had about 60 clients or so. And I was working with clients that were basically $50 million and above in assets under management for each one of those clients. So I Mm -hmm. got a different, like a completely different perspective in life, then at that moment, than what I had been raised in, I mean, think about yeah. guys that were, you know, I had one guy that I remember he, he called me up one day and he's like, Hey, Rich, I need you to wire transfer me $250,000. And I was like, okay, so no questions asked, just here you go, send him the wire transfer. And then, you know, he comes back the next day and he says, Hey, I'm actually selling the the thing that I bought for 200, 250,000 dollars. It was a, uh, like a Ferrari or something like that. that he okay. And I'm like, why would he buy it and then sell it at the, you know, this is like in December. It's like right towards the end of the year. And I have no understanding about, you know, yeah. the wealth that's out there at the time. Yeah. And he's like, I got into the car and, you know, I bought it without getting into it, testing it out. He tells me on the phone, he's like, I got into the car and it, I didn't fit in it. You know, he's a big guy. and And he's like, so I just, I just took it back and whatever. I, I'll lose the money. It doesn't matter so this like that amount that amount of wealth for me exposed me to different levels of lifestyles and choices and and decisions so i got really immersed at that time into trading stocks um i became a top trader with uh, a group of a hundred other traders and we started doing um what's called ultra high frequency trading in those like two years or so Mm -hmm. and basically my job at that time I was shorting the market so my job was to short the market to trade the market and um, and basically to short trades or stocks that had gone up by 300 or 400%. Okay. And and so and then using the bank's money so using the financial institutions money in order to do it and then mm-hmm. I would receive like a essentially a commission off of the value of what what the profits were for the day. mm mm-hmm. Mhm and and so ultra high frequency trading is like millisecond trading you're using robots in order to make the transactions algorithms to make the transactions so you're not using your own robin hood account or anything like that so it's it's kind of like in essence cheating you know in a way right yeah so i did that for about a year and a half and with um with the years uh up to that point i had saved a pretty decent amount of money and i bought you know, somebody, an old, an OG came up to me and he said, Hey, you need to take that money and you need to put it into real estate. Mm -hmm. You need to buy yourself a property. Mm -hmm. And this is 2010 to 2011. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to, I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, I have no idea what to buy. And he goes, just try to find either a tax auction or, a foreclosure or something. I'm like, all right, fine. I do my research, and I, I got lucky, but I also, you know, luck and timing, you know, uh, dedication, yeah, momentum, yeah, etc. There you go. There you Just go. putting yourself into that position mm-hmm. um, kind of brings that luck. But I was able to find a tax auction property that was about one hundred fifty thousand dollars at the time, and the luck that I had wasn't finding that deal, but it was actually that it kind of exposed the strategy that I was to use for the next 10 years after that, which was, I found this property that was not just an underpriced property, but it was also, um, how can I say this? It was a rezoned recently rezoned, uh, single family home to a multifamily status. Oh, uh, jackpot. Triplex. Jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whoa, like, I, you know, I didn't have any idea when I bought it. But then my attorney tells me, hey, you know that this is zone uh, duplex triplex. And I'm like, OK, what can I do with that? And he's like, well, we can get it permitted so that you can get you can you can produce three incomes from it. And I'm like, damn, you know, 21 years old. I'm, I'm going to have three apartments. I was just buying a single family home. That's that's really what I was doing. Mm. So um, instead of living in it, I rented it out. And with the rest of my money that I had left over, I had just enough money to buy a short sale property. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 20, I'm 22 at the time, and I decided to live in that house and house hack it with my um, 18-year-old wife and mm-hmm. my firstborn child um, coming up because I was living in it right before that with three uh, roommates, I guess you would call them. So mm-hmm. three roommates in it before I'm house hacking with the three roommates and me and my girl, we, we get married, you know, we fall in love, we have our kid. And so the party's over. So I have to get these guys out. And now the burden of all the cost of the property, um, of having a child, of being married, everything hit me. And that's where, <laughs> when I was talking just a few minutes ago before about yeah. now wanting to give my children, my wife, my family, A better life and those wants instead of those needs that's where it hit me like whoa this is going to get things are going to get more expensive so um so yeah so that's where uh i started to apply to jobs in different states i was in florida at the Mm -hmm. time i'm from miami okay and i decided to apply to jobs in california you know in, in seattle in new york anywhere that i could and I was like, you know what? I got a I got an opportunity to work at a company called Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and so they brought me in. I first they extended the offer, and I couldn't believe that I just run three rounds of interviews remotely. But in their on their their side, you know, they were like, dude, this guy's cheap. You know, he's really smart. He could probably do this. He could probably do this job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Um, yeah, man, I got to work at Tesla in the early days, around like 90 bucks a share. Um, wow. Yeah, when I first when I first joined, we were 5,000 employees. Uh, my job was to come in and work with... It was a sales job, but it wasn't a sales job per se. It was like a little bit higher than a sales job where my, my role was to be a recruiter, was to essentially take my skills from the bank, my skills for finance, and it was to find and build teams of software engineers. At the time it was just standard software engineer, electrical engineers, battery engineers. And eventually um, that led to working on, you know, VPs, directors, and, you know, high level, very high level technologists in the company. Got it. Um, I stayed at Tesla for four years before I went over to Google. And then I worked at Google for a year. I worked on the AI team and then um on the google home device and the nest labs uh uh, products and then i went from google i went over to facebook and well it was facebook at the time Uh, today it's meta yeah but i was working on facebook's um instagram whatsapp and um facebook blue and my job was to hire uh, find and hire data scientists, PhD level data scientists, so that they could transform the platform from text based to video based. That was basically okay. my my main focus. And yeah, and so you know, to to Cliff Notes version, it I basically uh, was I was buying real estate the entire time that I was working at these companies. I would save my money. Um, I would save my stock grants. I would save, save my bonuses. I would moonlight a little bit and work for other companies like Andreessen Horowitz or a couple buddies of mine that had startups and I would help them find, um, and hire engineers and stuff. And I would take that money that I would make from all those, those gigs. And I would, um, invest it into real estate. I put a, depo- I'd put a down payment. I would buy myself a, a multifamily, either a duplex or a triplex back in Miami again. So everything remote. Mm-hmm. And then, um, And then I would rent it out. And after I would improve the property, I would cash out, refinance the equity on the asset. And then I would go buy, just go borrow money again and then go buy another property. Um, And so I I kept on doing that. And I got to the point where, you know, I don't know if a lot of your, um, you know, a lot of your, your listeners have played the game of Monopoly, but I'm sure that they grew up with it. Yeah. And if you, if you've ever played the game of Monopoly, then. I just all I did was just follow the path of Monopoly. It's mm-hmm. it's a game that I've I've loved and cherished for a very long time. Yeah. Um Damn and I turned, Yeah. And I think that you're, you know, like if you have children, especially if you're a listener and, and you have kids, should be you should play the game of Monopoly with your children until they can beat you, you know, at some point. Right. Um, but the game was buy the small duplexes and triplexes, the little mm-hmm. green pieces. Yeah. Right. And keep on adding those until you get to four or five and then take mortgages out on all of those. So take out cash out refinances on all of them, mm-hmm. consolidate all of the monies that you just pulled and then go buy yourself a red hotel piece. You know, go buy yourself a a, a 10 unit building or a 15 unit building. And and so once I got to that stage, um, that's where I got to the point where I was at Facebook and I said, you know, I'm, I can quit my job. Um and it was a hard choice because I'd taken, you know, seven years of my life working in tech, another five years of my life working in finance. Yeah. And I looked at my I looked at my wife were three children at that point, you know, instead of one. Mm-hmm. And um, so my household had multiplied to, to five people. And I said, you know, I think I'm prepared to quit my job. And she's like, you know, if you uh, if you think that it's the right move for us, then I support you hmm. And I was like, all right. You know, I think that was a very important part of the quitting my job piece, because I needed validation. I yeah. was pinching myself a little bit, but I was also um, in a, you know, I was in a relationship yeah. where I wanted to be on the same page. I think it was super important to do to, to both be on the same page. We have the same goal. Uh, so, so we both have to agree to it cause it could be a big decision that can, yeah. that might not go the right way. You know, it might, might go, yeah. might go south. Right. Right. So that's beautiful to have that support system, my brother, like
0: what a blessing, right. To have, yeah. have your wife, like, you know, no, because, you know, obviously they want to make sure they have the, the, um, the security, right. So making a jump mm-hmm. like that. You know, the security might not be as solid as, as it is when you have that nine
1: to five or whatever. So
0: very cool for her to support you like that, brother. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, like I said this the other day on Instagram, and I, I won't, I, you know, I'll keep on saying it over and over again. Somebody asked me on a live session, mm-hmm. they're like, "What was your first investment after you quit your job?" And I said, "My first investment after I quit my job was my wife." There you go. Uh-huh. You know, I, I invested in in replacing her job. You know, mm-hmm. as as far as, for example, today. She doesn't have to cook or she doesn't have to clean. We have a staff of seven people at the house, right? Those Mm -hmm. seven people are in some capacity or another replacing all of her workload. She does have to manage them, right? Mm -hmm. That is a completely Mm -hmm. different responsibility. Mm -hmm. But I took my wife from being a worker in the house to being a a boss, you know, a boss lady in the house. And that was it. That was a huge improvement. That, that was obviously a, a big investment for, for both of us. But, um, you know, if I wouldn't have done that, I would have done the kind of the cliche of what I've seen a lot of relationships do, which is they will, you know, the man, the man or, or the woman, but mostly the man will strive to replace his nine to five job. Yeah, he'll get free. And then he'll start going to the gym, he'll buy himself the Lambo, he'll, you know, he'll take the family on vacations, but he'll expect that when he when he gets home from doing basically nothing all day long, Mm -hmm. that his wife has made him food, that his wife has cleaned the house, that she's taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, and so my first investment was... Get a driver for my wife and my kids, so she doesn't have to drive. Mm-hmm. get Get a nanny so that she doesn't have to, so that she has free time to go out with me and mm-hmm. be there with me at the gym. Not just me go to the gym by myself.
0: I love right? that. Yeah, that's beautiful, um, brother. That's beautiful.
1: So th- that was my first. That was my first investment. It was a very wise. I think looking back now, it's very wise choice because it strengthened our relationship over the last ten years. There you go.
0: Now, now let me ask you, you know, we always hear the success story. Right. But we a lot of times we don't hear what it took to get there. Now, can you share with my audience one one obstacle that you had to overcome and how you overcame it? You know, I I, I love touching on the mindset. I love focusing on that. So can you share maybe possibly a uh,
1: a obstacle that you had to overcome during that process? Sure. I, I wasn't an entrepreneur. Um, I guess I am today right? Mm-hmm. I, I still have imposter syndrome as far as me being an entrepreneur, because I, I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I see myself more as an investor. But um, I think that when you're an investor, you're running a business. And mm-hmm. technically, you are an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But when I first got started, especially for a new, you know, for, for a newbie, somebody just getting into the investing world that mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm a nine to five worker. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going um, to build a business. I don't want to build a business. I don't want to manage employees. That was something for me that I didn't want when I first started. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have employees. I didn't want to do payroll. I didn't want to manage, uh, you know, a business. I just wanted to do. I didn't wanted to. Ma- My goal was make money. That's mm-hmm. basically what it was. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't aligned with uh, the reality of how to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. So when i yeah so i mean the big things i mean i obviously number 1 is you you have to treat you have to treat getting to success like you treat a, getting to a major in college like in order for you to get to a major that you really are going to be good at you're going to need to go through a bunch of electives mm-hmm. and those electives are going to point you into the direction of which one you are the best at mhm And and so you have to test a bunch of these different extracurriculars and these elective classes that you laugh at today. And you say, these are so dumb. Like, why would I want to get into why would I want to take astrology? Why would I want to take any of these classes? Mm -hmm. But then you do them and then you learn what not what you don't want to do. You know, you learn, oh, this is not something that I'm actually super interested in. Yeah. So let me go the other route. I'm going to go do math now or I'm going to go do Um, you know, uh, history, I don't know. But basically taking those nine different paths will eventually land you to the one, you know, of the 10th that that succeeds. And that's the same thing when it happens with business. You're going to go nine out of, you know, 10 times. You're going to fail or you're going to go down a path that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to eventually, you're going to see that you find the path and you succeed. For example, when I first started, trying to run my own businesses and do my own stuff, uh, to make money. I would, was was thinking really small, you know, I was, let me sell a bunch of iPhone covers. Mm -hmm. Okay. You sell a bunch of how many covers is it going to take to become rich off of, off of iPhone covers? I guess it's going to take too long. You're going to have too many, you're going to need too many customers. It's just unrealistic, you know, whereas you can sell five houses or you can, uh seller finance five different houses or you can wholesale five different houses and you can literally become hundreds of thousands of dollars richer over the course of the same period of time Mm -hmm. Um, but you only focused on five deals instead of focusing on five thousand covers you know so it's really more about the the thinking big and i was thinking when i first started really small like really really small you know Um, uh you
0: didn't know any better right that's part of the journey right you didn't know any better
1: Right. And so that's that was a failure for me, because for many years, I didn't have any idea, nor was I nor was I willing to hear out other people's. Like, think big mindsets, you know, nor did I have the belief in that when somebody did tell me, you know, I I didn't open my eyes to it until finally one day I said, oh, I think I have the money to be able to get into this. Mm -hmm. But until then, I was still thinking very. You know, very very small. So that was that was one failure. Um, other failures like getting into um, uh, you know real estate and not knowing what I was doing, losing money, burning money like crazy on mm-hmm. things that I just had uh, no real um, background in, like construction or doing any type of financing. All of that to me, I, I should have educated a bit better at the beginning, mm-hmm. but. Most people, what they do, just like myself, is you have the money and you you want to spend the money like you got it. So you want to spend it. Yeah. And and so you don't take one step prior to spending it, which is, you know, you're probably fundamentally missing 20 hours worth of information prior to getting into anything that you're going to do with your money. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. Like you want to get into crypto. Okay, cool. Just learn 20 hours worth of information prior to getting into crypto. Don't just put it on like the r- random, you know, yeah. altcoin that you think is going to work out. Same thing with real estate. Mm. It can just be as risky. So don't get into the first property that you see. And then now you're sitting in it for 10 years thinking, damn, I'm literally managing something that only pays me a hundred bucks a month in cash flow. Like, how do I get out of this? Right. Yeah. Um, So those were mistakes. I, for seven years out of the 15 years I've been investing for seven of those years, which was basically 50% of it, I wasn't educating on how to scale up. So yeah, I had equity. Yeah, I had one or two properties, but I had dead money sitting inside of the property. I wasn't doing anything with it. It was collecting dust. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how to scale up until one day I educated a little bit more. And that's when I said, damn i i can do a cash out refinance i could actually scale this up and um and buy more buy more deals and that that was a game changer for me you know that that was where i used leverage and i had heard about this leverage thing for a long time you know like i had heard that leverage is the word the rich use in order to get rich but i was like how what do you leverage Mm -hmm. and then that's um you know, that's when I really put, um, put it into perspective.
0: That was a game changer right there, huh, my brother? The cash out refi would be able to pull your money right out and you I mean, still make cash flow and and that's still growing equity while you get another one. Isn't that the I best?
1: Mean, dude, you know, <laughs> think about it this way. Think about it this way. I thought about it this way. Like, okay, there's two things here. Mm-hmm. First, if you have a 401k or you have an IRA, mm-hmm. you know, and David, I'll ask, I'll ask you this question. And I think it's, it's a simple answer. Do taxes over time, you know, his.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Down. I
1: lost you a little bit. I lost you.
0: Tell me. Talk to me again because you, you it just mumbled. Oh, sorry. So okay. uh,
1: so if you have uh, historically speaking, do taxes go up or do they go down? Uh, taxes go up, right? Yep. Yeah. So if taxes go up, then why would you invest your money in a 401k to defer your payout of Absolutely. all that money for such a long time? <laughs> yeah. Why would you in, why would you put your hard earned money into something <laughs> that in the future is probably the taxes are going to be 30, 40, 50? Who the hell knows what they're going to be more? They're exactly. going to be more for sure. Yeah, right. The thing is, people don't realize that kicking the can down the road on their money is just going to hurt them in the long run because they're losing out on lower tax rate today and opportunity cost today. Right. Like Absolutely. you can actually get much bigger tax incentives and benefits today off of real estate than you would in 40 years from now. It's more, more than likely the case, just historically speaking. Yeah. So that's like the first thing that I was like, OK, I, I definitely can't do that. You know, that's mm-hmm. not something that I can. That I can do. I'm not going to get rich off that. There's no I've never seen I've traveled this year. I've traveled 12 countries. Uh I've taken I've taken 30 flights around the world. And I can tell you, in all the travels I did just in the last 12 months, I have not seen one person come to me driving a Lamborghini or Uh a Rolls Royce or living in the villa next door to mine Uh that uh, retired off of a 401k at 40 years old. Yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: Exactly.
1: I haven't seen it, <laughs> That's right. but you know what I am seeing? I'm seeing a lot of people that own real estate. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people that own Airbnbs. I see a lot of people that, that have a portfolio of assets that they can collateralize against. And, and so the second point that I was going to say was mm-hmm. that in order to get rich, you have to realize that You got to use other people's money, specifically the bank, right? That's kind of how you get that's 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 how you take advantage of the bank. You take advantage of the bank by taking advantage of the money that they have to give you. And how long would it take? You know, this was an OG that put this again into perspective for me. He said, Mm -hmm. how long would it take for you to save up a million dollars? And I was like, it would probably take me working my working life. It would probably take me a long time, maybe 30 years, 40 years. Who knows? And he said, How long would it take you to borrow a million dollars? Mm-hmm. And I was like, It would probably take me 30 days. Mm-hmm. And he's like, So then if you can borrow a million dollars every 30 days, then or you know, essentially yeah. every once every every year, yeah. Then just put put the you know, put the numbers together and see what you'll be worth in 10 years.
0: Absolutely, my brother.
1: See, and that's, and that's the thing is that I'm very
0: passionate about financial literacy myself. Because we're not taught this growing up. You know, how are we supposed to know, right? We have to kind of figure it out ourselves, seek it out ourselves. But most people are surviving, working that nine to five. So they don't even, you know, they're not even awake to the fact that like, hey, wait a minute. Like all we have to deal with in in life is money and people. And those are the two things that we don't talk about in school. Financial literacy and personal development and dealing with people. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) it's just wild. It's like a setup to fail. But I think that- I think that uh, that's why I resonate with you so much, my brother, because like you're real, man, like you're real. Like I, I feel you, brother, and you share your truth and you don't hold back. And I think we need more of that in this life. You know what I'm saying? We definitely need leaders like you to continue shining. So I just want to honor you, my brother, for everything that you share, that you put out there. Like you give so much. And, and you know, sometimes I'm I've been on your lives and I'm listening to you and I'm like, I'm ready to run a marathon because you got me all pumped up. Right. (laughs) And then, and then I, and and I'm seeing, I'm also seeing the audience kind of gauging the audience and I'm like, man, they don't even get it. Like this brother is giving the realest information that you can give that like people pay millions for, you know what I'm saying? And you're literally practically giving it away, my brother. And so it's really cool. You know, that, that, uh, that I believe in karma and I believe in energy coming back. So it's like, that's all coming back to you and the way you're, showing up in life and living but but i want to honor you brother for uh sharing your truth be stepping in your power and and creating the life of your dreams because i really truly believe you're doing it my brother you know what i'm saying so you're 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 role modeling and and are the example so i just want to honor you on that thanks my bro i really appreciate it yeah Um, big time big time brother
1: it's it's been a it's been a journey
0: yeah man so so where you at now what what i see you i see you you already fulfilled certain dreams, and now you're going for more dreams, right? What What are your dreams now? What do you see yourself doing in five, ten more years?
1: Look, man, I'm I, I'm not I'm not shooting for the moon. To yeah. be honest with you, I'm yeah. I'm very happy where financially where I am right now. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, "Why don't you go for a hundred million? Why don't you go for a billion? And it's like, look, in the end, you're not going to be able to take any of that money with you. For sure, you know. Mm-hmm. So and I have three kids and my wife and and and, you know, the way I look at it is if I'm already at a financial stable place in life where I can do all of the kind of bucket list things that I want to do mm-hmm. without having to overwhelm myself with stress and, uh, comp- you know, just any any issues for me, I would rather go that path. So over the last four years, we've been. Basically, after we kind of built this portfolio and, um, you know, kind of started a couple of businesses, those businesses, my main goal was to basically just do what I learned from Google and from Tesla Mm -hmm. um, and automate them. So make them fully automated where everything, even the portfolio manages itself. And I just want to be the operator. I don't want to be the actual nuts and bolts and, you know, conveyor belt. And I don't want to be the you know the the cog in the wheel right mm-hmm. i want to be the operator i press a few buttons i make a couple decisions and um, and so my mission was after i left facebook was to only work one day every week that was my main my main goal it was like right. just to work consolidate all of the work that i have for the entire week and be efficient enough where i can just work on a monday do accounting do um decision making and and essentially just work that one day and just it. consolidate it all and then the rest of the week focus on giving it to my family myself there you go um you know and and then kind of my life right so that's uh that's been working really well um and because of that, we've been able to you know like I said before travel a lot um mm-hmm you know, go, my kids are homeschooled. So mm-hmm. we have a, a, you know, teacher and she, you know, she kind of flies around with us. We have a nanny, they, she flies around with us. We So we have um, like a moving home office essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that, for those of you that don't, don't know what a home office is, it's basically like if you have, um, instead of outsourcing all of these services, like an accountant, a bookkeeper, an attorney, um, you know, your, you know, nanny, uh, clean, cleaning ladies, uh, you know, any, a teacher, any of this stuff you typically outsource for your family, you send mm. them to a you send your kids to a school, um, you know, you'll hire a company. Uh, I, we have dedicated, a dedicated team that's been working with us for a few years and they manage everything for us. I have a chief of staff. Awesome. She manages all of the, the business and she oversees a, a couple of the, Uh, of the employees. And then I have kind of directors inside of the business and they, they manage everything else. So my main goal is to just like live life and take, you know, content of that life of, you know, that we're living. And that brings in a lot of awareness, traffic, interest, um, to a lot of my businesses, some of my businesses around wholesaling. Um, so I find buyers and sellers from that. Um, some of my, uh, you know, some of my businesses, investors, and I manage, you know, real estate for investors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of my, uh, you know, some of my businesses, online education, and that, you know, that's blown up, that's probably the most scalable, because it's digital. So it doesn't have like a physical, a physical location. Mm-hmm. And that that can be um, absorbed from anywhere in the world. So that's really been I've, I've won a couple of awards for that. Awesome. I've grown I've grown exponentially uh, exponentially on both the student side and on the um, on the social media side. So um, so those things have all been consolidated into just a few hours of work a week. And then the rest of the time, I just kind of I kind of chill and I don't know how much you really want. You know, for me, I make six figures a month. I yeah. could make seven. I could I could probably in the next, you know, a uh, couple of years start to make seven or eight figures a month. But at the same time, what would that consist of? You know, would I be selling my soul? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm
1: at a point now where I'm like, I'm I'm feeling really good. Um, I don't have to work hard. I don't have I don't have to not work either. So I still stay sharp. Yeah. Um, But I'm able to be very hands off and and yet still make very important decisions. So it's Um, It's a good place to be. And I I would say that for those that are just getting started, you would probably say, how do I get there? And I would tell you, don't think about the money. Think about these two things. Number one, think about how many people can you help? Because if you can help a lot of people, like me and Val, we thought about it as instead of buying ourselves a primary home, how about we provide shelter for three different families? There you go. And Val was like, I love that. I think that's great. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So let's do that. Instead of buying a a house for ourselves, you know, let's go ahead and buy a triplex and then we'll have these people live inside of it. And so that um, and then they pay us. Right. And so that I've taught my my children and now they're like, we provide shelter for people like that's what they believe my job is. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that. so that's um that's the the main that that's the main first point. The second point that I would say is when you're trying to uh set that goal, that first goal of yours that you're like I want to be rich. Instead of saying I want to be rich, my at least for me, my goal was how much money do I need every month to just not work a 9 to 5 job. That's yeah. it. Like how can I replace my 9 to 5 job? And yeah. Um, and so when I calculated it, I was like, okay, maybe it's five grand. I don't know. It's, so so it's about $5,000. Let's just say this was at that time. Yeah. All right. So I need to have at least $5,000. So that's probably like two properties. And so I just stayed focused on that. And all I did was just stay laser focused on making the five grand come through from real estate. And the funny part is that once you get on that laser focus, you'll start finding more deals. You'll yeah. learn more about financing. And before you know it, instead of five grand, you'll be doing kind of like what we're doing where we're making like 50 grand a month in real yeah. estate and we don't have to work, you know, and so now you can just basically quit your job. And the the beauty is and this is I'll leave I'll leave a really, imp, you know, imp, this is like the imprint that if. if a listener is wanting to like leave with something yeah um i would want to leave you kind of like with this with this imprint that kind of imprinted on me which is you have actually everybody says yolo you only have one life Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that's actually a lie you have two lives you don't have one life um and the reason why i say you have two lives is because you were born having to work that you were you weren't born Rich. I mean, maybe if somebody is on here and they were born rich, then fine. So be it. Okay, that's a different. That's a unique. You were born. You were already born in your in your second life. Mm-hmm. But your first life, m- like me, most people, you have to work. You were born in in enslaved in some capacity. You were born yeah. in, in indebted. Yeah. So you actually have to go and live a life that you're not excited about, that you don't really want to do, and you have to help somebody else get rich, and you have to also work on. Um, building up your own uh wealth mm-hmm. early on so that you get to the point where finally you can live your second life. For me, when I finally quit my nine to five job, mm-hmm. I started to live, I started breathing, I, <laughs> I was able to, I was reborn, and yeah. you feel it immediately because. Dude, I looked at pictures. I look at pictures because I'm always looking for content. Mm. I looked at pictures of my face. So my face. I'm 34. Okay. My face um, at 25 years old, working a nine to five job, and my face at 34 years old today, right now. Yeah. I bro, I look like a different, completely different person. Deep, and,
0: deep, deep. And deep. It's,
1: it's not to say it's not to say that like you know you know that like you know people can't you know can't change or whatever but the big thing is that my face my face you could see the stress you can see the anxiety yeah. you could see the pressure you could see that i was living a completely different life and then you can see that today dude like during that time in at 24 25 office tan you know like mm-hmm. pasty pasty white you know <laughs> trying to keep up with the gym right um you know, you can see the stress and the, and the lack of sleep and, you know, in, in my, in my face today, I'm, I'm in Bali right now. I mean, I'm, I'm tanner than you could fall. I look like an Australian, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm dark. And, and not only that, um, you know, my hair is, has turned blonde from being in the sun all day long, just hanging out. Like my face doesn't have one wrinkle, you know, like yeah. I actually can, I can eat any, anything that I want at any time. So I choose to be you know, health conscious and, and vegan. I've been mm-hmm. vegan for 10 years now. I love that. So all of this has has changed. And because of that, um, you know, I feel like a completely different person. I feel like I can run a, run a marathon. I feel like you know, I can do anything I want in life. I can achieve anything. And the other thing, the, the most important thing is that my computer, which is my mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is sharper than it's ever been now versus when I was working a nine to five job simply because... Ninety nine percent of the operating power is going to things that I enjoy and that I want to do versus ninety nine percent of the operating power when I was working a nine to five job was going to solving other people's problems at that time. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that you say that, brother, because I'm a student of the mind myself. And so it's beautiful because that's that's what what it is, is a computer, my brother, straight up. So I love I love that he said it that way. Um, now let me ask you, uh, for the people that are resonating, which I know is going to be a lot, uh, with you, my brother, where can
1: they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Um, I got a pretty decent amount of following on both. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, so if you go on, if you go on, um, Instagram, which is where I'm always, always on, I love Instagram. I worked at Instagram. So for me, I'm, I'm always on it. Um, Richard Garcia official. So you can find me there. Um, but yeah, if, if not, you can find me through the same, uh, handle on, uh, YouTube and I got a bunch of content there that you guys can absorb. There's so much valuable real estate information. Uh, also I give away almost everything. So everything that I, that I have, I basically give away for free. I give away a bunch of my contracts for real estate, my wholesale scripts, my guides, I give away my, you know, my courses, I give away my real estate books. So I give away a lot of my stuff just to like leave an imprint on people that are willing and interested in learning. So if you are somebody that's motivated and you want to learn about real estate, um, this is the big thing though, you know, and I want to be transparent is that I was a nine to five worker. I was not a self-employed entrepreneur when I first started. And there's some guys out there that are, you know, self-employed entrepreneurs that got themselves into real estate from building really successful businesses. That's not me. Mm-hmm. And, and so my information, the things that I teach or talk about are really going to be geared towards somebody that is a nine to five worker. If you're working nine to five right now and you have a paycheck coming in and you want to scale and you want to become successful, you want to become rich, but you don't have a business or you don't want to start a business um, that's where my information would probably help you out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. Well, my brother, I want to tell you, and I want to vouch for, for, uh, for the people tuning in right now. I want to vouch for him. Like he gives so much value, valuable information and and he does give it for free, man. It's, it's awesome. Um, go check him out, go follow him. Beautiful spirit, man. Beautiful soul. Now, my brother, we're about to get close to ending the, the interview today, but, uh, I'd like to finish the interview with this last question that I leave to my guest, And uh, the question is, if you had the microphone to the world and the world was listening to you right now, what would you tell everyone?
1: I think that this world has changed a lot and I can see it in my own children. Even though I'm a young guy, I still see that my kids are going through this as well. And they're, younger than even I was when I was having to make decisions for myself. And it's what I call decision fatigue. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot of this with the likes of TikTok and YouTube automation and Amazon and all of these different options that are out there. And I will tell you that there is not going to be anything that is going to be around in the next hundred years that is out there right now today that's a software Mm -hmm. but the one thing that will be is going to be real estate if all the Mm -hmm. lights were to go out Mm -hmm. and there was no more electricity like there was 150 plus years ago there will still be real estate yeah real estate will still transact it will still be uh, bartered it will still be in existence so the one thing that you'll be able to pass down they say that oh you can't pass down you, you know yeah you can't pass down your youtube you can't pass down your amazon but you can pass down a portfolio of cash flow producing assets yeah that will change your family's generational history in the future and that will all be because of you yeah. so for me don't get so caught up in the fads with decision fatigue because it is just a fad, and real estate is forever,
0: yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, my brother. they I don't know what the exact number is, but they say over ninety percent of the new millionaires are created through real estate.
1: That's right. yeah, and so it'll continue to be that way. you know, think about this. What does Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and every other billionaire have in common? They all built different businesses, yeah. but they all own real estate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Oh, my brother, you're, you're amazing, brother. You're amazing. I, I feel honored to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know we're, the time difference, right? You're in Bali. I'm over here in California. But we made it work, my brother. So uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks, David. Thanks for inviting me, man. I I had fun here. I appreciate
0: it. Awesome. 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 And to all the listeners, to all the people that have supported my journey, I love you guys. Thank you so much. You know, I'm always trying to bring value, beautiful people here to share their stories their success stories, their heart, their essence. And so thank you for following and supporting me. And don't, don't forget, we got to earn this, earn your life.